Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. God, why did you make me have brown hair and a red beard? Like, why, why did you make it so easy for me to gain weight and hard to lose weight? Why'd you make me short? Why'd you make me too tall? Why'd you make me too thin? Shut up. That's a thing. But why, like, we tend to blame, oh, God, why did you do this? Or maybe we become very opinionated and we have to be right about all things at all times. Maybe I need, I'm opinionated and have to be right about all things. Uh, that's me. Okay, I'll just, that's just me. I'll just. Or maybe we have feelings, just an overwhelming feeling of worthlessness, insecurity, or hopelessness. Envy, jealousy, or even hate can be rooted in bitterness. Fear of confrontation because at the end of the day, our identity is rooted in the acceptance of others. See, if you answered yes to any one of these, rejection might be something that pops up in your life. In my, it does in my life. I answered yes to all of those things. Except for the confrontation thing, I kind of like that. The reality is, is that rejection oftentimes is not simply just rooted. It's not just something that just pops up. It's something that's rooted in our heart. And I believe that there's three basic roots, three basic soils, if you, were, if you will, that rejection tends to root in. And the first one is insecurity. Now, let me, before I get any further, this first section is going to be a little bit rough. But then it gets really, really good. Okay, I promise. So, the first soil is insecurity. And so, we, you know, our rejection meter or our rejection thing goes off when someone may, you know, say something or do something that triggers an insecurity inside of us and we're going, well, see, they don't like me. They don't accept me. They think I'm dumb. They think, you know, they were mocking me because I have a big, long face hair that I didn't know where it came from because it was gray and I don't have gray hair. Like, and it's popping up this insecurity inside of us because our rejection is rooted in that insecurity. Or maybe we prioritize the wrong opinions. We prioritize the opinions of others that truly are invested in our life. Now, there's opinions that truly matter. It's the people that come alongside you who are doing life with you. Amen. Now, there are people that they, they are spectators. See, the, fo- the, 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 the football team, you know, the, the, we have the, uh, the, the San Francisco 49ers and, and the other guys. Um, I'm just kidding, the Chiefs. <laughs> They don't care what the critics say about the teams, about the players on that team. Because the player, the the critics, they're just seeing the outside perspective. Yeah, they may see some practices or some press, you know, conferences or they don't know the character of the guys inside that locker room. See, if I was a player on a football team and I started prioritizing the, the opinions of the critics, Instead of the guy that's bleeding and sweating and pouring out of his, you know, tears for for this team so that we can advance, I'm the person in the wrong. But sometimes what we do is we not only, we we prioritize 
people's opinions so high that we actually start, we start craving the, the, the acceptance of the people who are actively rejecting us. We get this, it's this thing that, that we start craving the thing that start, is actually killing us. And so that then is rooted in the fact that we have very little to maybe even no self-worth. We view ourselves as unacceptable. We view ourselves as, you know, why would anybody accept me? Because I know me. As my dad likes to say, is say I know the person, what do you say, that brushes my teeth in the morning? I know me. I know the person I shave, that's right. I don't. <laughs> It's, it's this thing of like, I know me. And so they, no wonder why they don't accept me because I don't accept me. Right. But here's the, here's the problem is that rejection, it's, it's this thing of, that I'm calling the rejection filter. How many have ever posted something onto a social media before? Like, you know, onto Instagram or how many have ever taken a picture with your phone before? I don't care if you have a flip phone or if you have a fancy iPhone, most likely you have a camera on it. Well, the cool thing about these phones is once I take a picture, either built into the phone or another app or on social media, they provide filters. And what that filter does is that filter augments the picture to look better than what is on the other side of the camera, right? I have a whole fancy computer right here, and there's a software called Photoshop. I saw a time-lapse video. A time-lapse video is a video fast-forwarded really, really fast. They laughed. That was for them. Because, never mind. I saw a time-lapse video of uh, a supermodel turned into a piece of pizza through Photoshop. And so what, the, what happens is, is there's layers and layers and layers of filters placed on this picture that augments the true reality of the picture. And so what rejection does is rejection takes a quick snapshot of a moment and then puts this filter on it that augments what we can actually see and what's truly going on. So we can make the brights brighter. It can make the darks darker. It can blur. My wife's favorite saying when she posts on Instagram is blurred, filtered, and posted. It's where she blurs it and then she puts a filter on it and then she posts it to make it look better. And I appreciate that because it makes me look better most of the time. <laughs> but here's the reality is, is that what rejection does is rejection takes a moment, maybe an innocuous look or a tone or a text or a Facebook post. And what rejection does is it layers on top of it animosity, bitterness, resentment, jealousy, envy. And it twists it and, and distorts it into something that truly was never behind that picture. That was truly never there. And it says, hey, they don't like you or they don't accept you. They don't value you. They don't honor you or respect you. And all of these things are going inside of us and we're sitting here going, you know, what... How do I actually differentiate between what is real and what is false? We have to start taking off these filters. But before we can take them off, we have to identify them. The first filter is rejection tends to make us focus on the moment. 
It makes us focus on this snapshot instead of the whole context of the picture. See, oh, they, they didn't talk to me. They didn't say hi to me or they didn't acknowledge me. Therefore, they reject me and don't like me. And they, see, they, they're, just a, they're just a mean-spirited person. Well, no, they have a lot on their mind. They're going through something and they just didn't even see you because you were at their peripheral and they're going to get milk at the grocery store instead of saying hi to you. They didn't even see you. But see, f- see, rejection makes us focus on that one moment and then attribute character traits to an individual based on just this one shot. See, they're a mean individual because they don't, they're not nice because they don't talk to me. Well, that, that's a snapshot. That's that one moment. Well, the second filter is, is we tend to fixate on the thought processes of others. We not only fixate, we fixate on our own thought processes of others' thought process. Here's the problem. You don't know their thought process. You're not God. You can't read minds. So everything you think they're thinking is 100% an assumption. And so now you are going to judge or, or condemn an individual based on an assumption because of one interaction, because you're focusing on the moment. And then the final thing is, is that rejection makes you think that that assumption is now final and concrete. Rejection now says, I will always be rejected by that person. I will always be rejected by them, by him, by her. Instead of being able to see it for what it really is, we tend to focus, then we obsess, and then that's a final thing. And see, what gets really dangerous is it's one thing when it's this way, it's another thing when it's this way. Everything that we do to one another can be easily transferred to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. See, God, you reject me because obviously you're blessing them and not me. See, God, I, I would love to sit here and tell you that this is just something that I don't experience, but this works best when I tell you what I'm going through. See, God, you don't, you don't care about my needs or my wants or my desires because you're too busy making them happy. Instead, what we do is, is we, we now take our experiences with individuals and we go, see, these are your children, and if they're, representation, if they're a representation of you, that means you condone what they're doing. That means you condone how they treat me, therefore you are not what you say you are. But the reality is, is, is when Jesus died 2,000 years ago, rejection or the spirit of rejection was overruled. Rejection, this is where it gets good, I promise. Rejection no longer has authority over your or my life. It has been dethroned. It has been pulled down. The stronghold of rejection no longer has authority in your life. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to contradict that statement. You will still feel moments of rejection. Moments of rejection will still pop up. But just experiencing a moment does not qualify 
an identity. So I can, let me put it this way, I can visit Europe, that does not make me European. I can, someone can visit the United States, that does not make them an American. A moment or an experience does not define your identity. But it gives you a target to aim at. And see, here's the thing is, is that um, the, the, wow, where am I? The statement of rejection, the, these moments of rejection, what we tend to do is we tend to undermine our own authority by going, oh, I, sh- I, shouldn't, I shouldn't experience rejection. So when that crops up, we just, we automatically, see, here's the thing. Rejection is a brilliant convincer. Rejection will convince you to uproot cornerstone truths that are deep inside of us at the drop of a hat. Rejection will convince us to say, you know what? God isn't that good. God is not on your side. So how do we fight that? How do we fight this? The only thing that I can think of is this snake of a monster. I hate snakes. They're gross. We have to cut its head off. How do you cut it? You have to use a sword. How do you use a sword? What's the sword? The sword of the spirit is the word of God. So we're going to read a whole bunch of scripture. And I don't apologize for that. Just saying. So our text is found in John 15, 15 and verse 15 and 16. So it's John 15, verse 15 and 16. It says, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what the master is doing. Pause. A servant is someone who is what? Subservient to a master. There is certain limits or certain levels of access that, to the master that a servant does not have. They cannot come in and, and know what the master is doing. They don't know. What they, they listen and they obey. They do not question. They don't, not, not just question, they just go, yes, sir, and walk out. But see, Jesus went on, he says, I do, he goes, but I have called you friends. That word friends is literally the Greek word phileos. The same root word is philea, which we all know is brotherly love. Amen. Jesus goes, look at you, you once were a slave, I am now making you a friend. I'm making you such a close friend, I view you as a brother. He goes on and says, For all things that I have heard my Father in heaven, I'm sorry, for all things that I heard my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So what Jesus is saying, he goes, not only do I make you, you're you're no longer a slave. You're no longer rejected because look at, we were rejected by God. Our sin caused a separation from us and God. He could not accept us in our sinful state. But he sent his son to die on a cross to restore relationship so that you and I can be accepted back into the family. And he says, I'm not only making you my friend or I'm making you like a brother, but whenever you need something, just put it in my name and it'll get done. 
I, just the, the way that I think, it's, like, it's kind of like you going to a restaurant and you know the owner. And the owner said, whenever you come in, just tell them you know me, you get whatever you want. Because that name carries weight. Because that name, not only does he say that you're my friend, that I view you as a brother, he goes on and he says, in Galatians 3, uh, 26, it says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. He accepts us not only to that, he brings us into the family as a son and as a daughter. Yeah. Romans 8, 37, 39 says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate or reject us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says that you are more than a conqueror. He says that you are a friend. He says that you are a son, that you are a daughter. John 1, 12, it says, But as many as received him, to him gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, not of will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of the will of God. Amen. What does will, in, what is will uh, ensue? What, what does that mean? He had to deliberately make the decision to bring us in. It wasn't by accident. It wasn't by happenstance. It wasn't just because it was a random idea. Hey, let's do this. It was, they're lost. They need a savior. Jesus, go get them. I want them back. Amen. I, see, you need more scripture, I know. It's okay. I'll give you more. God decided to advance, uh, God had decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. That is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Amen. Church, I just don't, like, and maybe I'm just being vulnerable, and, and, and if you relate, great, but... I just don't know why this thing keeps coming up in my life. I think what it is is that there are times where I forget who I am and whose I am. Yeah. Yeah. I forget sometimes that, look at, because identity, there's, there's, a, there's certain actions. When you know who you are, that requires then action. So we have Disney+. Plus. Weird segue. We have Disney Plus, and Oliver um, is looking through Disney Plus, and he and he like hit archive. He's like, "Mom, what are like, what are these movies?" And he's looking at Lion King and you know uh, Sleeping Beauty, like all of the the ones I grew up on. And so he goes, "Let's watch this one. This one has kitties in it. It's Lion King." And I forgot how funny that movie is. And so I'm just, and it's only an hour, like an hour and 15 minutes. That's when movies were great. And so he's, we're watching this movie, and, and how many, like, you probably know where I'm going with this, but there's a scene with Rafiki, he's the baboon, and older Simba, and he hits him in the head, and then he chases him, and then he sees Mufasa in the clouds. And he's talking to him. And, and, and Mufasa says something that I think that we need to hear. He says, remember who you are. And what, 
One Simba, I know I'm using Simba as an analogy. It's fine, it's fine. Once Simba realized that who he was, he was not some scavenger eating bugs with Pomon, Timon and Pumbaa. He was not a warthog or a meerkat? Meerkat. He was a lion. He was not just a lion. He was the prince of the king who was convinced that he would be rejected. This is good. That he was convinced that he would re- be rejected for something he didn't do. Amen. None of this is in here. I just thought that was really funny. He thought he was rejected. He thought he would be rejected by... See, he didn't even kill Simba, uh, Mufasa. That was his dumb brother Scar. But what he did is he... Once he remembered that he was the king... He goes, what am I doing here? I'm going back and getting my kingdom. But guess what? We don't have to fight that fight. Because Jesus did it 2,000 years ago. (laughs) All we have to do is remember. Gosh, I wish I had that clip just to, just to hear James Earl Jones say it. I can't say it like he does. He's just amazing. We have to remember who we are and whose we are. When that thing comes up inside of us and we're like, I'm just, yeah, I, don't, I don't feel like a prince of God. I don't feel like a, a, a holy nation or a royal priesthood. I don't feel like that. Your feelings can lie to you. Me and my wife follow this person on Instagram. Her name's Havila, and, and she does this, these Bible studies, and, and she talks about feelings being like your kids. Your feelings are like your kids. You can't let them drive the car, but you can't lock them in the trunk. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Because <laughs> all the kids are, What? Your feelings can't be trusted sometimes. You may feel rejected, but you have a greater reality that you are accepted. See, once we understand that we are accepted by someone greater, the rejection here doesn't really matter. Let me rephrase it like this, because I know there's someone in here going, well, it matters to me. Because it matters to me too. I have people in my life that, that there are times when I don't feel their acceptance or that they're maybe rejecting me, that it hurts. But here's the reality. Rejected people reject people. Let me say that again. Rejected people reject people. So when they are feeling rejected, how can you accept something that you do not have? How can you give acceptance to someone when you yourself do not feel accepted? So what we're doing is we are putting expectations on individuals that we put an expectation on them that they were never meant to carry, ever. Our acceptance is not coming from them. It's coming from him. And see, when we get to that point where we stop feasting on the exception laterally and we feast on the exception vertically from God, we feast on that exception, we start then thriving and we go, look, it's like comparing a hot dog to a New York strip. Like when we, listen, listen, 
this area. When we, when we stop being, listen, listen, when we stop feasting on the, the exception, wanting the exception, this acceptance, wow, I couldn't say that. When we stop wanting the acceptance of our peers, or how many followers we have on Instagram or Facebook. And we start feasting on the uh, acceptance from our Heavenly Father. Yeah. It's like going from a hot dog, not even a good one, like Oscar, not even Oscar Mayer, like, like Sam's Club, no offense. Like dollar store, yeah. Like dollar store hot dogs that are... Ma- <laughs> Eric. Going from dollar store hot dogs to a perfectly medium rare whatever flavor you like. Steak, reverse seared with garlic and butter and rosemary and thyme. If you ever want a good steak, I can cook you a good steak. But see, when we, when we stop, and we st- we're no longer satisfied with that acceptance. This is the only thing that'll do. That'll start changing everything inside of us. And that'll permeate to everyone around us. And they'll start asking questions like, what do you have that I don't? Why is it that you seem to ex- why why is it that you seem to be able to take such abuse and it just rolls off your back? And you're just not affected by it. You're able then to go look at I I don't yeah, I'm, I legitimately don't get my acceptance from them. I get it from my Father in heaven. Amen. See, all of this takes place all of it, there was, there was a moment or several moments in our life where we experienced rejection and then that feeling became a habit. And that habit then became a lifestyle where we're now living a lifestyle of rejection. And so what I want to do is I want to take the next few moments, and I'm, I'm closing right now. I want to take the next few moments, and I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to ask yourself, and I want you to pray this out loud. I'll lead you here in a second. Say, Holy Spirit, when did I first experience rejection? And just listen. Now take that moment and just kind of put it in your, put it in your mind. And I want, you, I want you to just, as a prophetic act, I just want you to hold it in your hand. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, where were you in that moment? Now just listen. Now, What I want you to do, you could look up at me. What I want you to do is God just spoke to you about the moment that you first felt rejected and where he was at in that. See, we oftentimes disassociate God with our experiences. But God was right there alongside us through the whole time. And what I want us to do, I'm going to close in prayer. And I want you to take this before God in your prayer life and say, God, This is a moment that defined my life. I no longer want it. 
I no longer am going to allow this one moment to define the rest of the moments. God, and I accept the truth that you, some of you heard I was right there. Some of you heard I was by your side. Some of you heard I held your hand. I don't care how great or how small that rejection is. Because it mattered to you, it mattered to him. And so in your prayer life, what I want you to do is I want you to repeatedly denounce this and accept the truth. You can't just tear down a lie. You have to replace it with a truth. I'm going to close. Father God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, I thank you for the fact that we go from rejected to accepted. God, I thank you for the fact that we get to walk on the truth that says that we are no longer craving the acceptance, of, the acceptance of others, but we only care about the acceptance of you. God, I pray, Lord, in this moment, that this moment would be sealed in the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus. God, that this moment would mark us different forever. That we no longer require any acceptance but except for yours because yours trumps them all so father i thank you for what you're doing we give you all of the praise and we give you all of the glory in jesus name amen our prayer team is going to come up tonight if you have any need that you need met please come see them they would love to contend with you pray for you they love on you you're free to go Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.